Hi, this is John Lee, an attorney meteorologist. You're listening to WCGO Radio, 1590 and 95.9, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. very model of a modern master gardener with knowledge at my fingertips provided by my partner. I surf the NCS who cites my list and categorical for answers to your questions, both specific and rhetorical. I'm very well acquainted too with vagaries botanical. I know my propagation both by layers and mechanical. About the maintenance of lawns, I'm known with quite a wide renown. I even know when laying sod, it's best to put the brown side down. He even knows when laying sod, it's best to put the brown side down. He even knows when laying sod, it's best to put the brown side down. He even knows when laying sod, it's best to put the brown side, brown side down. Good at Latin names and how to sort and classify, and when in doubt, I simply add an um or an erdi. In short, in horticulturedness, I need no further smart owner to be the very model of a modern master gardener. In short, in horticulturedness, he needs no further smart owner to be the very model of a modern master gardener. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio, flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main And let me check here. Are you are you alive? I'm here. You're here? You're alive? Okay. I'm here. And uh, I'm 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 kind of alive. Not awake, but I'm here. Uh, there you go. I have my coffee. <laughs> Melinda will keep us awake this uh, morning. That's right. It's my job. <laughs> the, the reason I ask, uh, can I have the uh, prod come there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Producer, sir. Mr. Lyle! In the name of God! Now I know what it feels like to be God! Oh, well. Well, now. <laughs> I'm paying, playing that in anticipation of a holiday coming up. And also, in an, um, because of us uh, and what we did uh, yesterday, Peggy and I uh, had the culmination of months of work, which is the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. You hold that Very one up. Cool. All right, we'll hold that. We'll so we hold Excellent. these up, uh, and you can see our signs. And we we had 200 people crammed. Well, not crammed. It's a big auditorium. So uh, comfortably, comfortably seated. seated in the auditorium in the city. And my goodness, was it fun. And we gave out 68 awards to people from all over 
the city. And my advice to you, if you are, you're listening in other cities, because we have folks listening to us in uh, in Rapid City, South Dakota, and in, uh, in, in Missouri, and in State College, PA, and in Las Vegas, my advice to you is don't do this. Don't, don't set, don't set, don't. <laughs> create a competition where hundreds of people enter and then you have to judge gardens and then you have to put on the uh, the ceremony and find the swag bags and put the powerpoint together and then write all the descriptions and uh, no what i recommend is don't have a radio show the day after the awards ceremony <laughs> have it the day the week before cuz i used to be on the mayor's beautification committee in milwaukee uh-huh. and i would drive around my daughter grew up in the back in her car seat when she was little pretty yard pretty yard cuz i'd have to drive around uh-huh. looking okay. at looking for pretty yards we didn't have entries back then you just spotted them and dragged them into so the- we'd each get assigned an aldermanic district or two wow and we'd drive up and down the street mm-hmm. And we'd look for for award winning yards. And that's the hard way. It is the because, hard yeah. way. But <laughs> that's how some nice. people entered this year too. Was people went and said you should. Well, actually, yeah. Exactly. Kathleen went out and dropped some flyers in some yards, and they entered, and some of those people won. Yeah, because sometimes, as gardeners, don't we always say you should see my garden next year? It'll be better. Or, you should have been here last week. Yeah. You know, they and always so, say that. Exactly. Everybody and, says that. Right. And so sometimes they need that nudge to get to get mm-hmm. motivated. The problem is enter. if you if you do it too early, they go, "Oh, my garden doesn't look good yet." Yes. So what's what's the window? 3 days where your garden <laughs> looks good? And then the frost comes and you're right, done. Exactly. You missed it so it's down or to rain two. And it's muddy. So yeah. what happens if you do this kind of a ceremony and you have a radio show the next day, you bring in Melinda Myers and you tell her, "You're driving down from Milwaukee and you're going to be in the studio cuz I got nothing left in the tank here." Uh, and I'm just going to wind you up and turn you okay. loose, all right? So that's why you're here. And then you invite the winners. And then you invite exactly. the winners. Exactly. So that's cool. Because they'll have a lot to say. And it is a wonderful thing. And I have to say a shout out to my friends in Rapid City. I was just out there a couple of weeks ago speaking to the Master Gardeners. It is a fun city. Um, I recommend fo- any of those places that you're listening are great places to visit and sometimes overlooked, you know. We- you know what? I hadn't thought about that. Hey, you folks in Rapid City, invite me. I love Rapid I'm oh, serious. Yeah. It's, I'll a call- it's gorgeous out there. I is. love Rapid City. I, think I we love need a show the Black out there one day. I think State College, too. You guys, invite me out there. I, want, I, I just went through there a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. State College, what a beautiful area. So, all right. Melinda Myers, we're talking, oh, gosh, gardening. Next, the Mike <laughs> wow. Novak Show with. Peggy Malecki. Stick around. City Grange, Chicago's newest and most unique garden center, wants to remove all barriers to your gardening success. How? By providing organic heirloom plants for your kitchen garden, pollinator-friendly natives and annuals, container planting to go. They deliver the plants you put them in. Who does that? Classes for adults and kids, special events, and more. They even have complimentary valet parking on weekends. 5500 Northwestern Avenue at Catalpa, citygrange.com. Learn. Shop. Blossom. This is Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening Chicago magazine. And for the past eight years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier and more sustainable lives. Pick up a copy of Natural Awakenings each month and enjoy new information about health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. 
And now, for something completely different for the season, the Frozen Robins. Oh, holy night. Late December, back in 1 BC. T'was the night of the nativity. What a baby, what a night. Talented, funny, unique, the Frozen Robins are Chicago's number one caroling group. Exquisite harmonies, madcap improvisation, holiday sketches and characters, even a 10-minute version of It's a Wonderful Life. They are definitely not your mother's carolers. Go to FrozenRobins.com or contact me, Mike, at MikeNovak.net. Because I'm not just a fan of the Frozen Robins, I are one. When city crews are changing their schedules, you know that the climate crisis is real. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, Sundays 9 to 11 on 1590 and 95.9. I had to play that. Those are the Los Straight Jackets. <laughs> we just skipped right over Halloween and things. Yeah, I just, know what happened there. I, I'm just blowing through that holiday. That's come well, on. The, the Christmas ornaments are up in stores right they now. They are. I've been at a few garden centers, and oh, they, yeah. you know, the Halloween stuff is still there. The, ca- the Halloween candy's but... been out for two months. <laughs> <laughs> and and then what's so funny about that is like buy your Halloween candy now, and I'm thinking, you know what's going to happen? You're going to eat, eat it. it when, I'm going to eat it, and then I got to come back and buy more. Which is the whole idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's how that's how marketing works. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got Melinda Myers, and you should know that. Uh, First of all, you go to her website, melindamyers.com, M-Y-E-R-S. I always Thank have to you. spell it. because Appreciate it. Nobody's going to get that right. No, they don't. It's like Novak. <laughs> it's like, nah, nobody's going to. And that's they're both simple names. Uh, but you'll find all her videos and her writing and her garden tips and uh, information on her books. She's written 14,000 <laughs> books all right we're and, just waiting for those other yeah. 13,899 she was on the show in july and since then she's written 75 books like okay. jim patter recorded right. 9320 <laughs> videos uh but no actually uh melinda's been around for a long time she's True. got her chops this is why people in rapid city invite her to talk there because she's nationwide everybody knows melinda and everybody trusts melinda and that's why she's here so we're gonna we're gonna talk some practical gardening by the way if you want to call in 877-711-5611 you might have some questions as always you can send them to us on facebook uh you can send them to us on twitter uh, and whatever you need, and you just boosted me a little bit there. Okay, uh, that's okay. That's fine. I like it. I can, if I can hear myself better, that's good. Uh, it's all about me. Uh, <laughs> thank you, okay, Andrew. Peggy. We're going out for coffee. Yeah, Obviously, do he doesn't need us. <laughs> I'm just going to do a monologue for for an hour here. Okay, see you. Bye. Uh, <laughs> 
We're having too much fun, and we haven't even discussed the gardening questions yet. So again, we've got to talk about bulbs, too. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk bulbs today, definitely. I'm going to talk a little business, because there are some things happening in the horticultural world that are mm-hmm. not good. It's not a good trend, and we will get to that. But the first question I wanted to ask to suck people into the show, <laughs> okay. because here in the Midwest, and actually pretty much across the country, because now we're having blizzards in the Rockies, uh, it's cold all over. We got we went from what sixty five to thirty five yeah. in the. I, 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 uh, Rick DeMaio, our meteorologist, sent us uh, a, a story about uh, Denver. I guess went down what sixty five degrees Something in the like matter of, yeah. matter wow. of a couple of hours uh, the other day. And uh, you've got North Dakota with fourteen plus inches of snow. snow. Yeah, so. We're here, folks. It's uh, it's the middle of October, and and, and we're playing Christmas carols. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're moving that holiday too. That's right. That's all we got. In fact, I'm going to start on Easter next. All right, we're just whipping through. So when that happens, Melinda, and the icy blast comes through, and you haven't been thinking about it, but suddenly you get hit by it. What's the first thing as a gardener that comes into your head that is on your to-do list, other than taking your your tropical plants indoors? All right. I, so you saw me, didn't you? Like <laughs> <laughs> the protection's blowing yeah, off, the you, wind's terrible. I'm bringing them inside. I know you can't be, believe it. I'm I I was supposed to be putting this program together the ceremony for yesterday on friday instead i'm schlepping my plants indoors and going oh my god mm-hmm. i have an avocado plant that's six feet tall did you get I'm, that put in I, I put it in the basement because i went because my basement door is outside that's right you so have a great so i get in. so i just go and i can store them mm-hmm. there really quickly and i'll get to you later right uh, <laughs> Yeah, you just you'll be fine down there i'll leave the the compact fluorescent on you'll get a little bit of light uh, it's, you can survive. You'll it's survive. Fine for a few days. Right. What I found care. in the basement, it, actually, some plants do great over the winter with a minimum, you know, cooler co- temperatures. Cooler temperatures. Uh, I'll tell you one: hibiscus. Oh yeah, I always put mine in the basement. Mm-hmm. And you geraniums barely geraniums. have to water the hibiscus. If you water it once a month down there, it will survive the winter. Yeah, it's going to drop leaves. Uh, who cares? And and, and who cares? Because it just kind of goes. Not quite dormant. It's that it's quasi, slow. just enough to stay alive, but not too much What to other grow. plants do that? You know, there's also, there's a great article in Fine Gardening Magazine a few years ago on this gentleman shared the way he overwintered plants. Not all of them are the way I do, but you can put your bananas and your cannas and your formiums down and treat them just like you do your cannas. You can let them go Explain dormant. Explain what a formium is. So a formium is that New Zealand flax. It's kind of spiky, tall leaves. Kind of reminds you maybe of a gladiola, but much more robust. I'm okay. trying to think of, you know, yeah, use as a, yeah. a vertical accent in containers. And he he lets his go, go dormant mm-hmm. totally. Or I've also treated them just like the hibiscus. You mentioned geraniums. I've overwintered pentas that way. Just I, it's not really worth it, but I wanted to try because I read you could. So that's why (laughs) I did it. I did it, and I okay, don't have to ever do that again. (laughs) I was mandavias. I do my mandavias in the basement Hmm. by my wine. I have no lights down there actually, and I let them go dormant. Check them like you said about once a month. Water them. And they're great. I have to if you bring them up early, you'll have much, you know, more floriferous plants earlier. So bring them up in March like you would your geraniums sure. if you want to get them growing. But I can store them by my wine, so I check on them anytime I need some wine. How are you guys doing? It's all good. I'll tell you, 
an ex- it wasn't an experiment. It was just me being me. Okay, which is... it happens. That's folks, what we folks, call. Folks, <laughs> don't try this at home. Uh-oh. All right. Last year, uh, I had a Schiflura, which I had put outside in the backyard, and it was so happy uh, in the backyard last year. It was these beautiful glossy leaves and and this is a plant that occasionally will get scale and it's not what i have found and i'm not sure why uh when i take the plants outdoors they often lose the scale mm-hmm. it, is, oh, it, is the, it the predators coming? yes i exactly because i have um a, a kind of a palmetto kind of thing i take out and it was covered with scale and i'm like well, you're just gonna be done you're done and yeah. you're right the birds yeah. cleaned it up my citrus does the same thing exactly so if you want to get rid of scale on your plants and it doesn't mean that it completely gets rid of it all you need are a couple of scale <laughs> insects and they'll repopulate the plant right but last year this had been it had been indoors and it was looking not great and I said okay you're going outside for the summer you're going to enjoy that have a nice you know when you <laughs> this put is it, your last yeah. hurrah yeah. got vacation yeah. <laughs> and you and and with a plant like that I put it in the backyard in the shade right uh, because it'll fry and less transition too yeah, even the make... sun lovers just a little yeah. less transition in and out so by the end of the season last year it was looking fantastic and I did the thing i moved it into the basement i said i'll get to you later because you're really heavy in a terracotta pot and a seven foot tall (laughs) cheflora i said okay i'll get to you later i never got to it okay so it's it was in the basement all winter and it didn't suffer a lick i mean I, i i would go down and water again like once a month and the leaves stayed glossy hmm. and big, and and then I brought it back out this summer, and it's even better. It's wow. so happy. I had so what I learned was a chiflura is a lot tougher than I thought it was. You know, and I think that's a really good point. With all this crazy weather we've been having, I think gardeners give up too early. So we had extremely cold temperatures. We had very cool, wet spring, early summer, and a lot of people were ripping plants out way early. You know, things giving that up, giving up, giving up. Yeah. and well, it died. Well, you ripped it out of the ground. It's dead now. <laughs> but, you know, and I don't know if it's I'd like to say I'm stress testing, but it's a busy schedule. Right. So you go, I'll just wait and see. Now, I did lose a couple things. Sure. But you know what? A lot of things came back. Yeah, and I have a beauty berry, which, you know, has the purple berries and every year it dies mm-hmm. back and it looks dead. And it's, I'm hoping I get the berries, but at least it's blooming now, right? Uh-huh. And it and it came back and look at my abelian. So it's blooming right now? It's, I know. <laughs> well, probably not right now. I didn't okay. go out after these cold temps, but it was a week ago. The berries, because of the cool weather, it was slower than mm-hmm. normal. But every year I'm like, I'm not giving up on you. And I also have my abelias. Was in, I haven't looked since the really cold, but beautiful, fragrant flowers, just gorgeous. And it looked dead. So, you know, sometimes it's about patience. And like you said, our seasons are changing. And sometimes yeah. we don't get the killing frost this time of year. And we can have a nice October, early November. And you can enjoy a little longer season on that end because it's shorter on the other. Well, uh, we've talked about that on the show with our meteorologist. And the one thing that he points out, it's climate variability. Oh. Is- is, and that's the problem. You can't say, well, everything's going to always be warmer earlier or exactly. cold, colder sooner. No, it just changes from year to year. So, for instance, across the northern tier of the United States this spring, it was wet and really cold. And then it kind of evened out and it turned out to be a pretty good summer. Right. 
And then we really, I didn't get my tomatoes until really late, and it paid yeah. off because the soil finally was warm, and mine caught up with all the people that planted at the normal time. Because well, what was we the normal time? That. You know, exactly. I tell people, do not plant before June first. Right. And you really couldn't this year. No, that it, wasn't going to yeah. happen. However, well, like later June. However, yes. <laughs> Craig Lahoulier, who wrote Epic Tomatoes, who is one of the foremost tomato experts in the country, was on this show. And he said, people coddle their tomatoes too much. So we coddle our other plants, as you said. We don't trust that they're going to be. I mean, I'll, for instance, the other day when I'm schlepping my plants in, there's a little voice in the back of my head that says, it's not going to get down to freezing here in, in the back of my And it didn't. It was 40 degrees when I went out the next morning. And I thought all those plants would have been just fine. At 40 degrees. They don't like it necessarily, but it doesn't mean that they're all going to drop dead. Well, and you're also in a wonderful microclimate being in the yeah. city. Yeah. I I had, you know, I could always ignore the first few frost warnings when I lived in the city mm-hmm. because pss, I got time. Well, now I cannot ignore those <laughs> because it got down to 32 in parts of my yard. And I've kind of just, I haven't had the courage to go out to really do a close-up. There's still some greenery out there, so it may not have gotten down to freezing everywhere, but or it's for very long. Or for very long. We touched in the winds. it. Yeah, a lot of places in this area. I saw somebody. Somebody said like to me, McHenry. it was like thirty-two degrees for an hour." Well, okay, yeah. that's not a that's right. not a killing yeah. freeze, right? But you know, it's that time. And you were saying, "What do you think of?" And one of the things that I always keep on hand is floating row cover. It lets air, light, and water through. You anchor as long as it doesn't rip. You can reuse it. It's mm-hmm. sold as garden blanket, frost blanket. Uh, Harvest Guard. There's a lot of different brands. You've names. got to get one of those because every time you're on the show, you talk about yeah. that. Well, and the benefit is you can run out there, cover up your plants. We may have three chilly nights in spring or in fall. Right. Leave it in place. You don't have to take it off. I'm lazy and put it back okay. on. Yeah. And it'll be fine. And then the lighter weight ones are great for cabbage worms and Japanese beetles on your bush beans. They physically can't get to those mm-hmm. plants. Mm-hmm. And it's a, so it's, it has various uses. You can exactly. use it in the spring and in the fall to prevent frost and freeze damage. But in the the when you have the invasion of Japanese beetles and other insects, you can cover them yeah. during that crucial time. Exactly. And so and then, and I think that's what we need to be is prepared because we don't have normal weather every year, as you're saying. Uh huh. And we don't know. When we're going to have a long fall or an early spring, and this allows us to really get a jump start on things, you know, to just kind of, I don't know if we'll ever be able to garden as normal, whatever that is, but I just think it we allows us. We can garden us... as normal between June and <laughs> September, and then everything else. For three else, days. For, for three, three days. days. <laughs> you know, I traveled with somebody from um, Montana who said, we have 45 frost-free days, and this was 20 years ago, and I thought, okay, I can't complain. And then I watched two extension agents out of Alaska doing a garden video. Uh, and they have four, right? <laughs> And they said, the first thing you do is put your snowshoes on, and you go out in the garden and shovel off the snow. The next thing is you put some charcoal down and you warm up and take the frost out of the garden. And then the next thing you do, and I went, okay, I can't complain now either. <laughs> but uh, quickly getting back to Craig Lahoulier. No, yes. no, 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 that's okay. It's all part of the same conversation. Uh, he was putting his tomatoes out in his on his driveway. And his, his tomato patch is asphalt with a bunch of you know, like 40, 50 pots on there, maybe more. And he said, you know, if it's 40 degrees... They're going to be fine. It's not going to the, the the leaves are not going to uh, uh, what freeze and uh, just they'll get used to it and they'll they'll then when the warm co- co- weather comes they'll be fine. 
Yeah, sometimes you can get some leaf spotting when the temperatures are in sure. the 40s, so you need to be aware. He also is on asphalt, so he's getting a lot of extra heat right. than somebody. So one of the things, and I'm not, this guy can probably outgrow me on tomatoes, no doubt. So I'm not <laughs> doubting your skill. I just want to make sure that people, that when they listen to you, they think, okay, his are in pots on the asphalt. You know, right. my stuff by my house was fine. I wasn't worried about mm-hmm. my stuff out in the garden, and I have a slope that goes down. Where does the frost settle? Yeah. yeah. In the low part. So it's... I, he's right. We we coddle our plants too much. And then we need to think about our microclimates in our yard. And when we hear people like me or you or Peggy or, or him talk about things, okay, now how does that translate to where I'm gardening? And right. ask those questions so that we really, you know, and then I think we are a little, you know, there's some holes in the leaves. It's okay. Okay, my tomatoes. <laughs> I lost, I had a lot of cracked tomatoes because of the weather. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I was like cutting things up and okay, that's going to the compost pile. This could go in the salsa. That's going exactly. in the radish, you know, and yeah. I, I choose to accept the damage because I'm not going to spray. And especially, I, especially with things, uh, ornamentals mm-hmm. like uh, hostas. Right. Really, okay. folks, if you've got a couple of holes, you know, people say, how do I get rid of the slugs? Well, let me see the damage. Oh, really? That's all? That's what you got? No, you don't do anything. Just just it's grow fewer just hostas. part of the end of summer. Exactly. When I was in Michigan a few years ago doing Great Lakes Gardener, we interviewed somebody and they, we were looking at a hibiscus. And I said, well, how do you manage Japanese beetles? Because they've had them a lot longer uh-huh. than some of us, than me in Wisconsin. And she goes, we just call it Japanese lace. Now, nobody in Wisconsin is buying this when they eat the leaves <laughs> yeah. and it's all yeah. lacy. She goes, we just call it Japanese lace. Every gardener I tell go, I don't care. I want to kill those things. <laughs> but I will say before we go to the break here that some people want to kill them just because they've been told. It's not because they actually do so much damage, but they've been told that they're really bad. And, and that's, that's what her point was. Just yep. embrace yep. the damage and they eventually the turkeys. All right. That's do. Melinda Myers. We'll be back with more. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Soil and plant health don't stop at harvest. Now is the critical time to set up for next season. And the products to use are from Tinyo Biologicals. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, the soil needs are the same. Feed those plants with spectrum and Nutri-Need to get your soil ready for spring. The soil can make compost from field debris, so use Biodigester as well. Tinyo products from Blazing Star. Go to blazing-star.com. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com and on the Gab Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up for posts in our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for their logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. The 12th annual McHenry County College Green Living Expo returns on Saturday, November 2nd, and it's packed with cool, sustainable exhibits and learning experiences. The Clean Transportation Exhibit features luxury electric vehicles. There are workshops on regenerative agriculture, composting, and recycling. Visit with area farms, CSAs, and other organizations to learn more about local agriculture. There are more than 100 area businesses and organizations offering green 
exhibits, taste local food, go on the sustainable artist walk, and tour the beautiful new MCC greenhouse and high tunnels. The Green Living Expo is free and open to the public. Peggy and I will be there. Come and join us. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash green expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking, there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. But if you're afraid, you'll have to overlook it. Besides, you knew the job was dangerous when you took a he will drink his super sauce and throw the bad guys for a loss And he will bring them in alive and kicking There is one thing you should learn when there is no one else to turn to Call the super chicken Call the super chicken It's always a surprise and adventure when I come visit you too. You never know And of course that is where this line comes from You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred Uh so I, there, I finally yeah. have my answer where that came from. Oh, you didn't know that? No. That was super chicken? All right. I've got <laughs> I got plenty more. You have a wealth of knowledge in uh, that head of yours. Uh, <laughs> it's dangerous knowledge. I didn't say that. As Kathleen says, random access. That's all it's all it's about. Welcome Skip to Stream of Consciousness Radio. <laughs> oh my goodness. And what does this have to do with bulbs and uh, a lot. Uh, yes. I, I guess. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hang on a second. You can talk amongst yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're talking bulbs here. Yeah. Well, he's digging for uh, I know something. what he's digging for over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's looking for this because got a minute for your trees. Of course. Our buddy Skeet at Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, hello. <laughs> take two. Take two. Are, is that coffee in that yeah. mug? <laughs> got a minute for your trees? Our buddy... <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at him, Peggy. Uh, yes. Please go, le- leave the room. <laughs> Our buddy Skeet at Bartlett Tree Experts, and they're paying me for this. All right. Recently sent out a heads up about disease problems on maple trees. You will recognize these, Melinda. The good news is that we have some answers. The better news is that you can keep those trees healthy. If your tree has something called leaf scorch, it's probably due to drier conditions this summer, depending on where you are. I was surprised. I look at a map, and parts of central Illinois were in mild drought area. And I thought, that's crazy because we got so much rain here. Right. And in, in Milwaukee, you got lots of we rain, did. right? Yeah, which leads to other problems. Um, some of us had wetter conditions. And regardless, those trees are about to lose their leaves as cold weather moves in if you had the leaf scorch, so you won't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, if your area is dry, as I pointed out, continue to water until the ground freezes, especially if you were in a droughtish area. If your maple trees had black spot, don't worry, it's not fatal. When the leaves drop this fall, rake them up and get rid of them because the black spots on the leaves contain fungal spores that can survive the winter. Don't compost because those fungal spores could survive. And for any tree question, give Bartlett Tree Experts a call because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. 
We'll do a make good for you there, Bartlett. That's that. <laughs> well, I'll jump in because Bartlett, I know a lot of the arborists at Bartlett and certified arborists are the ones you want to call mm-hmm. and they have certified arborists. And, you know, if you have a relationship with a company like Bartlett, mm-hmm. when storms move through, you're going to be at the top of the list. They're going to help you be preventative on the care of your trees. And I think too often we wait. Yep. And they we call the arborist in when they have to remove it or do major work yeah. because we should have called a year before or three years before. So having a relationship with a tree care company like Bartlett is really important because they can help you do preventative things, which is watering and mulching, not necessarily spraying, but giving you the advice, doing the pruning that's going to keep your tree structurally sound. So when we have those high winds that many of us experience this year, your tree's not going to have the damage. And not all areas uh, who who take our show have Bartlett tree experts. So we were talking Rapid City earlier, the Johnson Tree Company. They're a great sponsor of uh, KOTA there. So what I'm saying is Call an arborist. It doesn't have to be the company we recommend, though we would love that. Uh, just get a professional out there to look at it because trees are so valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. And the website by the International Society of Arboriculture, <laughs> certification is voluntary, but it's trees are good. So there's lots of helpful information, but you can find an arborist in your area, certified arborist. You check in the area where you're located. You enter um, your zip code, you can find a variety of arborists, certified arborists. This is voluntary. These are people, I'm a certified arborist. I don't prune trees, but I can diagnose. I did not know that. I am. And and the reason I became certified is I want to say this: these are the people you hire, are yeah. people who voluntarily test their knowledge, continue to upgrade their information. Things change all the time, as we know. And you've got the big companies like Bartlett that have the big research labs. Right, exactly. And yeah. so, so they're staying current with everything. Exactly. And so check out Trees Are Good. There's helpful information. The International Society of Arboriculture. Is it org. Okay, thank you. I'm one of those searchers that just goes until I find what I know I need. I, I know. So sorry about that. So no, thank you, Peggy, for that's okay. treesaregood.org. Thank dot you. Org. Treesaregood.org. By the way, I'm certified, but we're not talking about trees. Okay. Thank you, Peggy. And she said certified, not certifiable, didn't he? Oh. Oh, (laughs) Speaking of bulbs. (laughs) Yes. Back to the bulb conversation. All right. It's that time of year where actually, you know, some you could have gotten them in earlier. You can still get them in now. I'll tell you, I tell this story all the time. Again, don't try this at home. (laughs) A bunch of years ago. I had bulbs, and, and people ask me this question all the time. They say, you know, I didn't get my bulbs in the ground, and it's January. Should I should I just hold on to them and plant them next fall? And I go, no, because they're going to be desiccated by that point. You might as well put them in something that's going to keep them plump and, and hydrated. Well, one year I had bulbs in January. Middle, It was, it was actually January 15th, and we had a 60-degree day. Mm-hmm. I went out and planted those suckers. And you know what? About 50% of them bloomed that year. Plus, they're already in the spot for next, the following season. They only need about 12 to 15 weeks of temperatures of 35 to 45 degrees. 
And a lot of times this year would have been a great year if you got them in in January. I last year I ordered a thousand bulbs. Uh oh. I know I'm a sucker, right? And <laughs> they it were got on sale. I know, and and no, they weren't even on sale. I ordered early to get the best varieties I wanted. And you know when you're, it's just like, oh, I need those. Yeah. Those would be great. That'd oh, be yeah, nice. Those could yeah. go there, and I'll layer those there. Exactly. And so, it, remember how cold it got early, mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. to nine degrees, and I'm breaking through the top frozen portion of the soil to get these bulbs in because I'm thinking this could be it. And then it warmed up to 40 as soon as I finished. Of I was like, I could have planted two weeks later. But I got them in. And one of the cool things um, a friend of mine always did is he would, when the ground f- was frozen, just the top inch, he kind of dig like a manhole cover worth, you know, just go around the outside edge, flip that soil up, which I have done, plant the bulbs, put that frozen soil back on hmm. to make it harder for those squirrels and other animals to go after them. And so it kind of sealed them in place. Wait, 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 what? What? So if you, you know how your soil, you know, the top inch gets yeah. frosty and frozen. So you take your shovel and you kind of do an outline of where you're going to plant oh, your bulbs. Oh, and then bulbs. you pull it out and then, then put it you, back on. Yeah. And then you kind of lift it out. So it's one solid piece, like a manhole cover. Uh-huh. Plant your bulbs, set huh. it back, water them in, wow. set it back in place. This is for those of us that procrastinate. You always and, find a way. Like, and then water water the, the seams so that the squirrels exactly. can't even get in yes. there. Yes. Make it really hard if <laughs> They're going to dig, make it really hard for well, them. Well, and, and here's another thing. If, if you don't have uh, a whole acre or yes. a huge area, some of that plastic netting that it's, uh, it's, it's people, you know, when you, the stuff you put around a tree when you're doing construction, it's mm-hmm. sometimes green, sometimes orange. Okay. Construction you, fencing. Yeah. Constru- okay. You can just put it on the ground and tack it down and the squirrels will get frustrated trying to dig through it. And then in the spring, you just pull it up because by that point... From what I understand, maybe you know, you should know this, Melinda. <laughs> oh, there's pressure. <laughs> Doesn't the chemical composition of bulb oh. change once it starts to send out roots? Doesn't it make it less attractive to critters? I don't know. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, it. I thought I read well, that someplace. Well, they do put down their roots in the fall. Well, that's true. So, but yeah, so they and they're, they're, the hmm. and. You know what? And, and squirrels are always digging. So maybe I just made that up. If I just made it that up. It sounded really impressive. It's really though. good, isn't it? Now I have to go home and do homework. However, <laughs> now, but what, what we do know is that there are some bulbs that, yes, that critters don't like. don't like. And this is the deal. See, if you're planting tulips and you got rabbits and deer, it's like putting chocolate in your garden. Yes. And I'm sorry. You know, a lot people love their tulips. Uh, although you might try species tulips. Yes, they tend to leave uh, those alone. I love species. Not, not Peggy. Oh, okay. Okay. Not, not Peggy. Well, okay. you've got chipmunks. No, and... Well, this was squirrels. Oh, okay. I, They were caught the red pod. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put beautiful species tulips in, put down the chicken wire. So, you know, and they still got. Oh, yeah. I've got photos on my phone. Well, chicken wire is larger. I'm thinking. Oh, no, no. They went under it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All you so, got. But the other thing you could do is force those so that you yeah. can have them inside in February Too much or work. March. Okay. <laughs> or just give up the tulips and go with the daffodils. There are so daffodils, many cool. Daffodils, um, Scillas, uh, squills, um, hyacinths. Um, hyacinths. Now, there's a thing about hyacinths, and a lot of people want to bring them indoors. If you want to be Ooh. asphyxiated in your own home... <laughs> It, you might as well have carbon monoxide and put coming some in. Stargazer as, lilies right next to yeah, right. ah! 
I used to teach at a technical college, and I had forced some hyacinths to bring into my students to show and, and tell when we studied bulbs. And I was told by the staff to store them in my car because they couldn't stand it. It filled the whole office area with that fragrance of hyacinths. Uh, now, well, here's a – okay, sorry. I, go, go ahead. I was going to ask a different bulb question. I, I, well, I'm going to – point out a couple native bulbs yes, while we're doing this exactly. because we always talk about yes. the ones that come across from Eurasia mm-hmm. and wherever else. But uh, I learned uh, this this spring, actually, I went a couple of times out to some of the forest preserves. My friend Beth Botts took me uh, oh, to the Morton Arboretum. Wonderful. And by the way, a shout out to Beth and her brother, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, on the passing of their mom, oh. yeah, Lee Botts, who was an environmentalist, uh, iconic environmentalist. Great Lakes champion. pretty much helped uh, put together the uh, Indiana Dunes National Park, I which is now a national park. Yeah. yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, they come by it honestly. Uh, so I'm looking at, uh, at bulbs like Spring Beauty. She showed oh, me a bunch of spring. Are, I think mm-hmm. of my grandma because we'd go hiking in the woods where she lived and we'd see the Spring Beauties. And it always makes me think of my grandma. Claytonia Virginica. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Trout Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when we went out to the Arboretum in the spring, there were tr- uh, those together. Bloodroot. Of yeah. course. Oh, and that white of bloodroot is incredible. And that naturalizes fabulously. White trillium, shade. if you can get mm-hmm. trillium. Um, uh, Buy I, from a reliable red source. Red trillium. Yes, get it from a... Don't go digging it up in the forest no. preserve, all right? Bleeding hearts, mm-hmm. dicentra. Um, Camasia is another good one that kind of looks a little bit like a hyacinth. Spikes of blue flowers, just gorgeous, so but these, a little looser in appearance. Yeah, these are Jack in the Pulpit, of course. Well, Peggy's, Pe- Peggy is the expert, I thought. She out. is. Not the expert. All right. We'll <laughs> talk about Jack in the Pulpit <laughs> when we come back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Only a few weeks left to get to Rich's Fox Willow Pines in Woodstock and grab some rare and unique conifers before they go out of business. After 31 years, they're closing their doors at the end of this month, and plants that were 30 and 40% off are now 50% off the retail prices. This applies to container, B&B, and in-ground stock. The discount does not apply to any existing orders. Pines, spruces, firs, hemlocks, junipers, yews, and the deciduous larches, bald cypresses, and dawn redwoods are still available. So come out now to pick out your container or B&B trees. Call 815-338-7442 to schedule a time to tour the grounds to look for specimen trees. That's 815-338-7442. Don't miss this great opportunity to add some unique trees to your landscape projects. Go to richesfoxwillowpines.com for more information. Follow them on Facebook for updates. Again, that's richesfoxwillowpines.com. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting environmentalism, gardening, green living, local food information, and sometimes even humor, sometimes musical humor, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9. 
Star Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. When criminals in this world appear and break the laws that they should fear and frighten all who see or hear, the cry goes up of far and near for underdog. 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 Speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting Flashbacks to my childhood. <laughs> and you know who did the voice of Underdog? No, I don't. Wally Cox. Oh. Not plain nor bird nor even frog. It's just little old me, Underdog. underdog. <laughs> there we go. Well, I've gotten more singing and dancing in on Sunday morning. That's why you need to come to the studio every quarter. I do. I miss this one I call in. That is Melinda Myers in the studio. Really quickly, uh, do you have any talks coming up in the area? I do, actually. I'll be at the Nary Home Improvement Show in Milwaukee, and I'll be talking about extending the season, which is basically bringing your gardening indoors with microgreens and herbs and all those fun things. And um, and then growing flowering house plants just to keep you kind of your spirits up as the days get gray and shorter. And then I'm also doing something new with a, a facility called the Conservancy in uh, Franklin, Wisconsin. And it's an area that's connected to a cancer research and a heritage. It's the Heritage and Healing Garden. Wow. So it's uh, connected to the Polish Center and the uh, Cancer Center. And it's a beautiful space for people to come, meditate, learn. And we're going to do some hands-on activities, Hmm. starting microgreens. And just, you know, we all need a little horticulture therapy in our life. Yes, we do. It really, even in the winter, keeping plants alive and thriving is a challenge. I mean, it's it's hard enough outdoors right. during the summer when they've got everything they need, but bring them indoors and they're encased. And I mean, I've got plants that have been in pots that haven't had the soil refreshed in decades. All right, literally. Uh, and I, I hear you. <laughs> and sometimes we're over anxious to repot, and that's when we do more harm than good because we thought, okay, it's in a six inch pot. Let's put it in a 12 inch pot. I'll never have to do it. And then your plants get waterlogged. They spend all their energy putting roots down if they don't die. And so slowly but surely. uh, One of the easiest plants to grow is a ZZ plant. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. I love them. But. They don't like drafts, though. They don't don't like drafts. They don't like water. I, for the first time this year, I transplanted a ZZ plant without killing it. All right? And And how I did it was, you know, our instinct is transplant. The uh, you put it in a larger pot, you add more soil, put some water in to get it hydrated. Yay! No, I just put the soil in and I did not water it at all. I let it sit for a month before I <laughs> even put a little trickle of water on. I mean, ZZ plants they really hate water. They're allergic to water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I my have one that has scale. We were talking about oh, scale, dear. and I wish I would have taken it out. So I was just using some neem oil, year round uh, summits year round spray oil to t- manage it because it's organic. I have cats that. 
like to eat things. And um, and I so I like to use organic controls. And it was starting to impact the health of the plants. I went, I uh. need to do something. And I thought, well, I'm going to keep it if I can before I put it in the compost pile and then get it outside next year to let all those natural predators at least reduce the population. Good idea. All right. Thir- give me 30 seconds on amaryllis and what you're doing with your amaryllis that you had outside all summer because you wanted the leaves to get large and get water and sun. And now what? So a couple things. You have two options to do. You can let it go dormant, so slowly cut back on watering, let those leaves dry up, put it in a cool, dark place for six to eight weeks, bring it out, repot it. Um, If you need to, put it in a sunny location, cool, so the leaves don't get all stretched out. I've also had good luck growing mine year-round as houseplants, and so bringing it in, it won't look gorgeous in terms of the leaves in the winter, but it'll have a couple leaves, and I've had flowers in winter and summer. That's very popular in the U.K., the other thing you mentioned about bloom time, there are amaryllis native to the southern hemisphere and the northern hemisphere. And by the way, there's only one amaryllis, true amaryllis. It's a South African plant, and, right? You're talking about hippie astrums. Right, which, exactly. Sorry. But No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. Everybody calls them amaryllis, but they're actually hippie astrums. Exactly. And so the ones in the southern hemisphere, the ones that you want to buy if you want flowers for Christmas... The ones that you buy that are native to the, you know, that are more northern, those are going to bloom after the holidays. Um, I do some work with Longfield Gardens. They have a great um, information on amaryllis and which ones to bloom so that you can get. And I did an article recently for them on getting them for the holidays, but then using several different varieties. So you get your amaryllis to bloom at the holidays, then you have some amaryllis blooming in february and then march and so it gets you through the winter that you get all these cool amaryllis blooms oh see and i had no idea that there were those different types of amaryllis and uh, so i have them in my house now and i don't know which are which well and you said you never get them to bloom at christmas so it might not be you it's probably the amaryllis and so that's not a problem it means you're a successful gardener because you get them to rebloom right because that's that can be challenging and i think that's another one like it didn't work this year i'm gonna try next year it's okay and and i have this one amaryllis the orange blooms are you familiar with it Uh, there's so many i don't know i don't know (laughs) a friend of mine gave me the pot and it was all these strappy leaves and she said I don't know what I'm doing with this. Uh, I don't know what it is. I went, okay. And I didn't know what it is either. And so I just put it in a pot and I've watered it years for years. And then one summer, it just bloomed. In the spring, it just bloomed all these beautiful. I went, oh my goodness, it's a type of amaryllis. And I had no idea. Wow. It wasn't a clivia or a clivia. You know that one? But I, that looks no. very different. Yeah, so no, you probably no. would know and, the and, difference. And now it blooms regularly and I have it on the Perfect. porch. I'm going to bring it in and... In the spring, I'm going to get fantastic blooms out of it. And I have to tell you, the, the other cool thing that I know is waxed amaryllis bulbs. I gave them away as, as holiday gifts. So they wax them. You don't have to plant them. You just put them in a nice spot. You watch them grow. It it holds the moisture in there. You do nothing. So your huh. non-gardening friends or people who are intimidated, and what was so Do you much, wax them yourself? No, or you buy them waxed. And Where? Gardner Supply, well, Gardner Longfield Supply? has them, and Gardner Supply actually has them that you can hang upside down. So oh, Gardnersupply.com. I right. Yeah. And so you put them on. And what's cool is I got thank yous when I gave them. And then everybody sent me pictures when they bloomed for them. So it was, Aww. you know, it was that connection. It was that gift that gave not only when I handed that bulb over, but it kept giving. I gave it to somebody who goes, no, I go home and plant. I'm like, no, just set it in a place that gets bright, but not direct sun, cool location, and you watch it. It's just gorgeous. Okay. We got two minutes. I know. Sorry. Uh, No, no, it's okay. (laughs) I just really wanted to get to this because you wrote for a couple of magazines. I wrote for a magazine in Chicago 
the state-by-state uh, -state gardening magazines, which were in 21 states across the country, went belly up. Yes. Okay? Gone. Part of the problem is, because I've been talking to subscribers at garden club meetings who say, we weren't told anything, and they haven't been told. No, nope, uh, It's just gone. If you had a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine or Wisconsin Garden... Or any of the state-by-states. Or state. any of the state-by-states, those magazines don't exist anymore because the business went broke, went right. bust. The, and it was not handled particularly well. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but it was not handled well because even some of the editors and writers didn't know for a long time. I, I, yeah. I had and it happened this year in the did. middle of the summer. And a couple of us wrote ahead of schedule on our deadlines, and then we're not getting paid. I got two and columns that have never I know, been published, me too, so I'll put so, them on my own website. You right. Know? So, and, and it's partly <laughs> subscription. There's a lot of information out there for free that people aren't buying magazines. But I'll tell you, subscribers love, you know, gardeners, we love catalogs that you yeah. touch and feel. And we love magazines you look at and you touch and it's feel. The, yeah, the, the tactile and the width of reading a print publication and having it there, reading it online. Pick it up and you can just sit and enjoy. Now, the problem is I keep thinking because of this catastrophe, magazine catastrophe, there are millions of gardeners right now who suddenly, out of nowhere, no longer have their magazines. That's What's going on here? Why can't we sustain this? We're told that gardening is the, the, the biggest oh, hobby right. in the country, and yet we're losing garden centers. Uh, there's one in D.C. Peggy sent me an article. We lost one here in Chicago. We've recently. lost a couple in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We've lost the magazines. If it's such a, a, a big business, why are we losing all these entities? Well, and here's the thing is buy local and not only because you're supporting a local business, but they also are regulated because online are selling a friend of mine owns an aquatic nursery and landscape company. Etsy and some of the online places are selling invasive species that they're Ugh. not allowed to sell and nobody's regulating them. So go don't... to your local independent garden center in your area. Melinda Myers, go to melindamyers.com. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you guys. Captain's log started 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 
boy, you know, we had Melinda Myers here in the first hour, and if you miss that, you need to go to the podcast. Definitely. And uh, and maybe the uh, Facebook live video stream or YouTube. we got to talk about that afterward because I, I haven't even been to the YouTube live stream in two weeks. I have no idea what's up there. Uh, but... Uh, Oh, getting some popping there. The folks here at the station claim that uh, they have fixed the audio problems there. They were a little distorted going out to Facebook. I think it's much better now. Mm -hmm. We're going to listen to it later. We'll see. And if you are watching us on Facebook, please share with your friends. Share this broadcast now. Do a watch party, please. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you do need to help us out here, yeah. folks. And if, then we take that to the advertisers and we say, hey, look how many people are watching yeah. and listening. And if you're watching and you have not given the Mike Novak show on Facebook a like, please What's do. wrong with you? I mean, it's so easy. Just, you know, the, here's the problem. In the age of Facebook and other social media, now there are people, back in the day, it was like, yeah, I'm going to like everything. Now we're so jaded. We go, <laughs> well, if I like it, they're going to try to sell me something. No, we, we don't. We don't have time. We don't. No, we don't. <laughs> we really don't. So just like us. Okay? Wow. These I, headphones are really popping here. Um, re- that's interesting because mine are not. So, But y- your voice is when you're speaking. I'm getting pop, crackle, and, pop. And you've mm-hmm. got that It's dialed down? way down. Okay. We got the new box. We're <laughs> the new headset box as well. Uh, so yeah, help us out oh. if you can. I'm sorry. I'm now. Don't bring me down. Bring her headset down. Don't don't bring my level down. That's not my. I'm, I'm not popping in my own headset here. Okay. Maybe my brain's just doing that. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. You're still so tired oh, from dear. yesterday. Um. So uh, we got a couple of things coming. Is it you're you're just wow. All right. What's what's something the matter? changed? All right. Plug it into this one. Okay. My box is normal. We have no idea what yours is like. All right. It was fine in hour one, but let's right, let's talk. Whoa, that one's way cranked. Let's let's talk because uh, our listeners that? really don't care what's happening on my headset. <laughs> I do because you're just wincing every time I talk. Now you that's normally a little better. You normally wince every time I talk, but that's for other reasons. That's a little better. Is that a little better? Yeah, but this it, box was fine hour one. You know, Anyways. it might be the headsets or headset. Mm. I'm just wondering. Okay, these are the fancy ones from Andrew. Fancy sh- ones how come, that were given to me. How come I don't get fancy headsets, Andrew? I bring my own, so I told so her do she I. could have them. But mine I... are cheapo fancy headsets. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple of things coming up. Last week, you might remember, we had a bunch of folks on the show to talk about the Impact Conference from uh, Illinois Landscape Contractors Association. Uh, we just want to give a quick shout-out to that because uh, uh, it's about sustainability. It's called Resilient Landscapes, Redefining the Design, Build, Maintain Paradigm. That sounds like uh, gobbledygook to some people, but what it is, it's about being smarter, being smarter in your yard, how to do it, because we're talking birds, we're talking about planting in Mm -hmm. a post-wild world. Uh, Claudia West, who has been on this show, is the keynote speaker, and she's talking about that. She's really smart. Uh, Regenerating suburbia, one garden at a time, dirty little secrets, what every tree wishes every designer installer knew. That sounds interesting. Hmm. Fixing the soil. I mean, this is the basic. Our friend uh, Julia Bunn, the spirited gardener, is speaking. Deluge and drought using sustainable sites criteria for home landscapes, meaning rain gardens. Yep. And you're going to get a lot of ideas of things you can go and talk to your landscape designer about, or your your um, if you've got a landscaper, talk to them. You know, if you go, you can be asking them questions of right. what they're doing. All right, and then the other thing that's coming up, and you found it, and I can't seem to, to track it down, is uh, 
from Midwest Grows Green. Oh, and by the way, the uh, ILCA conference is on the 22nd, right? Yes, 22nd, Tuesday from 7.30 in the morning. Uh, Check-in starts, I think, at 8.30. Yeah, and it's at the Chicago Botanic Garden. And we'll be there. Um, Yes, we will be there. We're going to be live streaming uh, talking to some of these really interesting people. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then two days later, <laughs> we're out again. Does, does this ever stop? Does this <laughs> roller coaster, this, this merry-go-round ever stop, Peggy? No. Okay. Just wanted Which is to... probably a good thing. Yeah. Midwest Grows Green is having its four-year celebration at the Patagonia in Chicago in Lincoln Park, 1800 North Clybourne Avenue. Um, and it is, well, we're celebrating that, but we're going to be talking about some of the things we talked with Ryan Anderson about when mm-hmm. he was last on the show and that's how to do a natural lawn. Yeah. We're, we're, we're past the point really that you can start doing it this year, but you can start figuring out how to do it and get some great advice. Chip Osborne is going to be there. I, I haven't talked to him in several years, but he's a guru about this. This guy knows everything about doing natural lawns, including athletic fields and other kinds mm-hmm. of public areas. Yes, you don't need to put chemicals on those. In fact, you shouldn't. Less so, even less so on those places right. than in your own lawn. Right. Everyone's walking over it, playing on it, dogs are on it, everything. And uh, then it's going back into your house. Right. And you're moderating the panel that night. I'm moderating the panel. I'm very excited about this. This 6 to 7 p.m. And it's free and there's going to be beer. All right. That's all. Wait. And give us a beer ding as well. There we go. And so that will be uh, the 24th of October. It's a Thursday, 5 to 8 p.m., Patagonia, Chicago, 1800 North Clyburn Avenue. Go to Midwest Grows Green. Uh, Go to their Facebook page. I can't find it on the Facebook page, but I know it's there someplace. It's uh, under... I think it's on the Patagonia site, too. Yes, go to Patagonia, Chicago. All right, we're talking gardening awards when we come back. I'm very excited about this. That's not just a tree in your yard. It's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett Tree Experts to care for your tree. With 120 offices worldwide, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world, and their techniques are backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories. Call for a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Soil and plant health don't stop at harvest. Now is the critical time to set up for next season. And the products to use are from Tinyo Biologicals. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, the soil needs are the same. Feed those plants with spectrum and Nutri-Need to get your soil ready for spring. Go to blazing-star.com. The soil can make compost from field debris, so use Biodigester as well. Tinyo products from Blazing Star. Go to blazing-star.com. Are you looking for a new ride? Ready to leave gas stations in the dust and speed away down the highway? Zero to 60 in under three seconds? Well, here's your chance. The Illinois Solar Energy Association is raffling off a 2019 Tesla Model X, the award-winning all-electric SUV. But you need to get your tickets soon because only 2,500 will be sold. So how do you win? Go to store.illinoisolar.org. 
That's store.illinoisolar.org. Buy one raffle ticket for $100 or the four-pack for $300. All raffle proceeds will fully benefit the Illinois Solar Energy Association, a nonprofit working to advance solar energy development throughout the state of Illinois. The winner will be drawn at the ISEA member meeting on December 5th, 2019. Anyone in the continental U.S. is eligible to win, and you don't even need to be present at the drawing to claim your prize. So get your tickets, the rules, and all the other small print details at IllinoisSolar.org today. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and Louis Prima. Uh, and oh, um, and. What's all right? Who 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 knows that who was uh, his singing partner, Louis Prima's singing partner? Sorry, I'm typing into Facebook right uh, now. Uh, all right, because I I'm <laughs> I can look it up. Uh, Keely, what's the? I'm I'm blanking on the name now. Kathleen's screaming at the radio right now. I know, and I should know this. Uh, Louis Prima and uh, Dorothy Keely. No, not Dorothy. It's not better known as Keely Smith, but she's Dorothy Jacqueline. Really. Keely. I'll, I didn't know it was Dorothy Keeley. <laughs> and it was her then-husband, Louis Prima. Right. Uh, wonderful stuff. Uh, if you get a chance to uh, listen to Louis Prima and Keeley Smith. So I was right with the first name. There we go. <laughs> that? that's, that's as good as I get. That's, that's as close as I get yep, to being sorry, right. Sorry, we're done. We're leaving the show to you guys <laughs> yeah, now. We're right. done. It's like, it's like when you're out on the golf course and you make that first putt and you just say, we're done. Okay, let's go home, because it isn't going to get any better than this. Uh, welcome back to the show, folks. We are very pleased to have award winners in our very studio today. And the, these are people who have won these beautiful little puppies. I'll put it up in front of my face. That's what I deserve. <laughs> so, Ellie, when you come to do some Instagram, we got... We got signs, too. You can use these <laughs> signs. Maybe we'll have people hold them as well. Uh, yesterday, as we mentioned... Uh, very briefly in the first hour was the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards presentation at Austin Town Hall on the west side of Chicago, the 2019 awards ceremony. And we had about 200 people there. It was uh, it was packed and it was rocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gave out 68 of these beautiful little signs and I actually mm-hmm. on metal poles. And they're the most dangerous objects you've ever encountered. <laughs> and in, thank you to Christine Nye and to Ken Williams for putting them for, together. For bolting them together without taking the, off their own fingers. Yep, and the Forest Preserves for, for donating them. The, the Forest Preserve District of Cook County made these wonderful signs. And then we had all these and other... Kathleen Thompson designed them. Well, yes, she did. Mm-hmm. And we have all these partners who uh, helped us uh, put the event together, like uh, Illinois Extension, Cook County, and the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, and Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and um, Park District of Chicago, Natural Awakening Chicago, this radio show, a bunch of people, okay? And, I, and I'm sorry for getting anything. I don't have the list in front of me. We could go on for days. Yes. Uh, but, uh, four of the people who picked up awards are here in the studio with us. And let's start on my left, your right. Uh, and now, and you say, you don't care if you're called Torrance or Tory. I I answered either. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, so, um, 
What do you like? What do your friends call you? I mean, they're both my name, so. so. <laughs> He's Tori. Uh, Tori? Okay. Tori. Uh, Gardening guy. Oh, there you go. I get called that a lot. O'Hare, but it's not spelled like the airport. It's... Unless I need a restaurant reservation, in which case I, ah. see, you've heard of, I see you've heard of my airport. Oh, okay. You know, and all I have to say to you about that is. Don't be a jerk. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, you should use it. It's Chicago. After I know, all. right? Yeah, you should. Uh, his name is spelled H-A-I-R-E. Uh, and um, uh, Drew Davis is with Tori. And you guys garden the, well, <clears throat> let me clear my throat here. The gardens at Clo Ravenswood. Uh, well done. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's, it's one of the best names. Uh, we both ha- we have great names of the gardens here today, and there were some fabulous names of the gardens. Uh, we gave out 68 of these signs in all. Uh, the gardens at Clo Ravenswood, that's in Andersonville in the 47th Ward. Um, and then um, across from uh, Drew um, and uh, Tori are Joy Miller and Tom Mitchell, and as I said yesterday, Tom, love your movies. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had the money from them. <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, and uh, they uh, have a garden called Wolfgang's Joy House, and that's in the Logan Square neighborhood. That's my neighborhood, although a different ward. You guys are in the 32nd. Correct. I'm in the 26th. Um, and why is it called Wolfgang's Joy House? I know the joy part because that's Joy Miller, right? Well, yes, yeah, sort of. Um, the house is on Mozart Street. And the girl that I originally bought, bought the building with, her name was Celestial Joy. Ah. So we named it Wolfgang's Joy House at that point. <laughs> her name was really Celestial Joy? Celestial Joy. Oh, my goodness. She oh. goes by Celeste. But, yeah, uh-huh. Celestial Joy and Joy Elizabeth, so that's why it became that. Okay. I'm go- Tom said it should have been Amadeus, but we figured Wolfgang <laughs> and Joy was pretty right. oxy. Yeah. Uh, you Strange. know, either yeah. way, and, and, and it works fine in the end. And when you speak, I'm going to ask you to talk right into the okay. microphone. Right. No, that's okay. I mean, we're, we've got everybody clustered around these microphones, and I want to make sure that Andrew can handle this because uh, he will – He'll yell at me after the show if we don't get it right. I I, I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's start with Clo Ravenswood. Um, and the uh, I I need to go to the. Uh, oh, okay. Wait a second. See now, and I don't have it up here. I think I've got. Do do do. do give me two seconds. Uh, talk amongst uh, yourselves. Talk amongst yourself. <laughs> oh, I did. La di da. We yeah. could like, well, sing yeah. songs. <laughs> so, so, would you guys basically describe your yeah, you massive could. garden as a a um, container garden? Uh, essentially, but, yeah, it's, it's effectively a container garden. Uh, but using I, containers really effectively. Right. Uh, most, I would say probably 75 to 80% of the containers are all uh, stone fabric bags. Mm-hmm. So they're they're the large sort of flexible, essentially it's like an organic felt uh, filled with soil to use. So it keeps them lightweight. It keeps mm-hmm. it, the drainage really good. Uh, and it fixes a lot of the problems that a lot of other containers have as far as uh, large-scale container gardening. Yeah. gardening so. I, so, I, I have not used those bags. Uh, I, and, and I've I imagine, used them for, like, potatoes. Yeah, but but it they're lighter, and obviously you're on a rooftop, so you have weight issues. Absolutely. Weight, weight issues are a big thing. Uh, for container gardening, honestly, a lot of the... The problems that people have stem from uh, poor drainage in containers. And so using the fabric bags uh, fixes all of that ahead of time. On the other hand, though, you what, know, what, what, how does it do that? 
because basically this, the fabric is entirely uh, – uh, the, the, the airflow through the fabric is the entire pot. So there's no – it essentially – you can't have a drainage issue because it's entirely it's, porous. Mm-hmm. But doesn't that mean that you have a watering issue? That It, it can. And so there's been a lot of uh, – I've had to strategize around a lot of the sort of advanced dehydration. So clustering the pots together, sort of building their own little microclimates yeah. to cut down on evaporation uh, from the pot themselves. Uh-huh. And where does the water drain to? Uh, it drains. To, we've got basically rooftop drains as well as uh, on every level there are essentially rooftop drains. Have you had to add more for that or not? No, no. It's it's not that extensive of a system. So, And to be honest, it, just the, the fact that it's a flat blacktop roof, <laughs> uh, the most of the water just evaporates yeah. off. So. And you guys, uh, if you're listening, you need to go to MikeNovak.net uh, and look at this week's show because I've got the photograph, actually the slide that Kathleen put together of the various areas on. Thank you for the um, aerial view because our judge went there, didn't know how to photograph it because it was, uh, how do I get all of this uh, in the shot? And you guys did it for us. Yeah, I think it was the, the night of the deadline for the submissions. Get the drone up Us too. Take us on a quick verbal tour of your garden because it's so unique. Uh, sure. So essentially, uh, the the building used to be an old t-shirt factory. And so it's a really unique layout. It's uh, very, very tall ceilings. We've got maybe 25 foot ceilings in our wow. actual living space. Wow. Uh, but it's all one floor. Uh, so our door is actually at the, the back alley. So you enter through the back alley of this brick wall. Uh, we, we only half jokingly refer to it as, you know, the gate to Narnia because it, it's like <laughs> back alley service entrance. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think that it's actually a home and you go in and it, it's, uh, the first level is basically a walled atrium open to the sky, but the, the sort of 25 foot tall, uh, brick walls. Uh, therein we get the name, or you know, we we started calling it a clo uh, for the old French term for a walled vineyard or a walled garden. Right. So you enter into the atrium, uh, which is ground level, and that's also the entrance to our actual living space. And then there's a, uh, and I'm sorry, in the atrium, it's sort of a, a shaded cottage garden. So all foxgloves and roses and uh, uh, Victorian begonias and Your things glor- like that. Foxgloves uh, on the roof. Uh, no, this is this is ground level. Oh, this, this is, is sort of this, this is, is the, the atrium. Okay, yeah, right. the, the atrium. Yeah. Uh, so you go then up a set of stairs to what amounts to the rooftop of the garage level, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the deck that we use as an outdoor dining room. Uh, we uh, that becomes the rose garden. So that's all antique roses. There's uh, uh, antique plum trees, uh, a whole bunch of herbs, that sort of thing. That's a little more of a of a sense garden, if mm-hmm. you will. And then you climb the ladder from the, uh, <laughs> the garage ladder. roof, uh, an actual ladder, uh, onto the, the roof of the, the building it. itself. Yeah. And the rooftop is what we refer to as the farm. That's where we have the bees. Uh, we've got uh, a raspberry patch. We've got tomatoes. You know, all, all of your vegetables are up there. Potatoes. Uh, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we grew potatoes. In and, those sacks, yep, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Right. Because they're uh, great for growing potatoes. Yeah, tons of strawberries and blueberries and we got peaches off the roof, th- roof this year. And- well, and, and one of the things you have that I don't have as much of and you guys don't have as much of is sun. I yes. imagine that's not an issue. It is not. And and at times I actually have to sort of arrange things to sort of protect each other shade-wise. Sure. Uh, I've got things like, well, like the blueberries, the red currants uh, that 
appreciate sun, but not mm-hmm. too much. And so I have to find spots where, you know, by two in the afternoon, they need to be shaded by something else or they're going to crap out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the technical way. To- exactly. Yeah. That, that's the botanical term. Yeah. And, and our judge went up there and wrote, wow, wow, wow. Okay. And when, when we came across this, we said, okay, this, you know, sometimes you, you read things and you think it uh, can't be that good. Uh, <laughs> and... um it was, and uh, it's just really impressive. And she wrote, starting at floor level in an open-air entryway, up a staircase to the first level, uh, herbaceous and rosaceous area for dining, then up and over via a ladder to the main roof, housing an urban farm. You are in awe by the volume, color, and smells uh, exhibiting the total power of container gardening. Mm-hmm. And that's that says it all about about what you're doing. You've just taken uh, container gardening to the next level, so to speak. Yeah. So we moved to Chicago from Michigan, and you know I'm a farm kid. Uh, we moved for my partner's job. Uh, and, uh, where in Michigan? Uh, West Michigan, uh, uh, Grand Rapids area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then uh, and coming here was sort of you know moving to the big city. Like if I couldn't turn this into a green space, <laughs> I, I would not be able to. Very much so. So so I needed to be able to you know play in the dirt. Yeah. I needed to be able to harvest things. And I need to be able chef, to. Too? I a former chef. Yeah. So so cooking from what we grow is really important to me. And so this was one of those like all right you know. The challenge is you don't get a yard. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, all right, well, let's figure out a way around this. So you're the the chief gardener, I assume, Tori. Yes. Uh, Drew, what's your job? Um, watering. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, that's really important yes. with those bags and with all that sun. I imagine you get a, a lot of heat buildup from the roof as well. Yeah. Well, and, and especially too. I mean, in the peak growing season, there's there's more produce than than we can we can use. So it's it's sort of a constant uh, process of of harvesting stuff and, and making sure that we can you know get that down. Yeah, find find people to give it to, find jars to put it in, all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> all right, well, let's move to the other side of the studio here and uh, talk to Joy and Tom. Let's. What's the the joy you start because you own the building, right? Yes. Uh, so it, it it starts with your story, and then Tom enters it at some point, right? Um, or does it start with two of you together? No, it's it? actually a great story. Um, as I told you earlier, I bought the building like thirty five years ago with a girl called Celeste, right? And she got married and was going to move um, to Seattle. And she says, "Well, we need to pray for somebody like Tom Mitchell." I'm like, "Who's Tom Mitchell?" She says, "This really <laughs> cool guy I know." I'm like. Okay, so we basically prayed for somebody like Tom Mitchell, and prayers got answered. There's yeah. Tom Mitchell. So he moved in like 25 years ago. Yeah, Celeste, uh-huh. Celeste and I used to work for a theater company, or work with a theater company and, called and Temporary Theater Company. Temporary Theater. Yeah. I love the name. Yeah. And and you worked in the theater about the time I worked in the theater, mm-hmm. right. which is in the 80s. Right. Uh, and nobody remembers our theater companies, but that's okay. That, the, you know, the theater building. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Than, right. It was called 773. Is that <laughs> right? That's when it was called the theater building. And yeah. our company actually existed in the theater building for one season. Yeah. And then we realized we couldn't afford it. So we got out of it. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, so you're a theater background. And Joy, uh, what started you on this garden? Uh, nothing. There was, there, was, there was nothing there. There was nothing there. There was three scrub trees, an ugly catalpa, a rose of Sharon and violets for the yard. <laughs> and yeah. it's been, you know, a long journey. The, 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 it started out with just a little bit, and then we added the pond when um, my father died and 
just kept All going right. from uh, there. We got to tell that story, though. Yeah. Uh, because that is you working your way through grief. It was. And you did it with a coal shovel? Mm-hmm. I didn't know better back then. <laughs> that's, that's really hard. I have a coal shovel in my garage. Okay, it's mostly for... Uh, Shoveling coal. No, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't use it for pretty much anything. No. Maybe I I'm, use it for getting ice off the driveway. Yes. Yeah, or yeah. A, a dustbin yeah. when you're sweeping up. You can sweep <clears throat> it into the... Because they're wide and they're not very useful. So how did you make that happen? Uh, strength and grief. <laughs> so and um, intent. It, yeah, because um, my dad and the guy that had been living with me passed away within three months of each other. And um, I was dealing with grief and didn't know how to handle it. So um, I went to a therapist and he says, why are you here so quickly? I said, because I know I'm in trouble. So he says, you're great. Here's what you need to do. Take all the bad memories and write them on scraps of paper like the Japanese do. Pin them to a tree and let them flutter away. Well, I'd been some, through some really rough times with this guy, and I said, and I'm a writer by by, by trade. Fifteen pages of single space letters r- later, I had it, and I'm like, this is no way it's going to fit on a tree. I thought this is a lot of bull, and I figured, you know, gardens need a lot of. So I dug a hole, which is what what started the pond, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger because fifteen pages of had to go somewhere. Yeah. So I ended up digging a three-foot-deep hole. It was 11 by 7, and I took this paper of stuff that was not making me happy, buried it under the the pond, buried it under a Japanese maple, and everything flourished from there because there was a lot of bump that went into it. That's a great start. We'll be back. We're talking gardens on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know that enough plastic is thrown away each year to circle the earth four times? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Plastic doesn't biodegrade, at least not in 500 to 1,000 years. Between the islands of plastic, the size of countries floating around in the oceans, and the negative effects of it on wildlife and humans, we need to find ways to reduce and reuse plastic. So say no to plastic bags. Remember to bring your reusable ones when you shop. Recycle whatever plastic you can. Too much recyclable plastic ends up in the landfills. Extend the life of plastic items by finding clever ways to upcycle and reuse them. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Soil and plant health don't stop at harvest. Now is the critical time to set up for next season. And the products to use are from Tinyo Biologicals. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, the soil needs are the same. Feed those plants with spectrum and Nutri-Need to get your soil ready for spring. Go to blazing-star.com. The soil can make compost from field debris, so use Biodigester as well. Tinyo products from Blazing Star. Go to blazing-star.com. <laughs> I had to play that in honor of Tori coming over from Michigan. From I appreciate farm. it. Actually, actually, you did it backward. You went from the farm to yeah, the, yeah. the uh, this the big city. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. And, uh, uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll get back to our SEGA Award winners in a heartbeat. But well, I actually have a question for everybody in the room. Did somebody tell you it was the end of the gardening season? 
Oh no, no, I, no, I, no I've been. No, we know. We know better. Yeah, it's oh, only yeah. the middle of October. Know you know, better. it's only the middle of October, and there's lots going on right now at City Grange. In fact, this Friday, October 18th, it's Hello Houseplants, where you can learn about houseplants from easy to freaky. There's going to be cake, cocktails, and you can BYOB. There will be music too, and you'll also get to meet the new houseplant doctor and ask your burning questions. Who does this? Mm-hmm. It's from 5 really, to 9 p.m. this Friday. You can go and find out who does it at 5500 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. When is that again? This Friday, October 18th, from 5 to 9 p.m., 5500 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago, citygrange.com, learn, shop, blossom. And I hope you guys got your City Grange certificates. Oh, I spent it within like 12 hours of getting <laughs> <laughs> We live nearby and, and love that place. Oh, okay. so. We're actually stopping there on our way back today because we need kale and cabbages and little cool peppers and all that stuff for the window boxes. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah. I'll tell them you came from here first. Hear yeah. that? Okay. okay, we will. All right. Hear that, Lamanda? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, make sure you stop by City Grange. Uh, we are talking to Tori O'Hare, Drew Davis, Joy Miller, Tom Mitchell about their award-winning gardens. They received their awards yesterday at the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards presentation. And Peggy and I are just glad it's over. Uh, <laughs> but now you guys get to put out this. And thank you for the photos. They are, You already took photos oh, yeah. of the sign in the yard. If you can take a photo on your rooftop and send it to me, that would be Will great, do. too. Absolutely. Uh, and we were in the middle of the story from uh, Joy about putting the garden together. So there you are out with a coal shovel and you dig this pond. And, and we uh, during the break, uh, one of your friends who's now in Washington, D.C., said... Hey, uh, you, she remembers when you put, put your first uh, koi in there. Uh, but that's just part of the, yep. the garden. It's a wonderful part. It's tucked away in the back. And uh, you don't even know it's there until you, you get around the corner. But meanwhile, there's just wonderful uh, plants and art in yeah. your garden. Um, but uh, uh, tell us about the... I'll tell you, Tom, tell us a little bit about the plants. Well, um, Joy has a... Uh kind of her own gardening business. So she tends to go off and do her gardens there. And since I retired, I'm in the garden. And so, you know, we'll we'll put stuff out. Mm-hmm. We'll agree where things go. She'll go off, do her garden, and then I'll plant stuff and kind of maintain the garden. So you have a garden in another area as well? or Go ahead, Joy. Yeah, I actually have a few people that pay me to paint with flowers. So I do some window boxes and stuff for other ah, people. So okay. I get to spend their money and they let me be creative. That's so, wonderful. It's fun. Yeah. And I know that you, uh, Tom, are very good with your hands in building stuff. So, mm-hmm. For instance, trellises, because yeah. you have some vines that would pull down a house if you didn't yeah. put up the trellis yeah. right. So, yeah, and they and they did destroy a few trellises. So I decided to well, what build some, some trellises. What are some of the vines you have? Um, let's see, what do we have? Well, the big one is the kiwi vine. It's like right. uh, 40 years old. So yeah. it's already up to the right. – Tom built like a – use. Um, metal piping as a trellis mm-hmm. on the side of the house so that the kiwi now climbs all the way up the house and onto the second floor wow. balcony. Cool. Yeah, and then we have uh, um, we have this post going up to our second balcony, and to cr- uh, l- let the vines crawl up, I put um, railroad tracks from my r- railroad set that I wasn't using. By the way, uh, Tom has a, a, a miniature railroad, railroad set in the basement, fully functional with miniature homes and people and trees and <laughs> yeah. sky. Gardens. It, and what? And gardens. And gardens. And gardens, yeah. yes. yes. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. I have a video of it, as I said yesterday. It's still on my cell phone. I refuse. I show people. <laughs> I go, hey, you want to see something really cool? Take a look at this train set. Yeah, I even uh, interior 
do the rooms. The rooms have furniture in them and all that kind of wow. stuff. But um, so, you know, over the years, we're, we're great at just going to garden centers and kind of looking at, hmm, what do we want to buy? Like we bought some milkweed. Joey bought some milkweed recently and uh, butterfly bushes and stuff like that. And so we try to um, – although our garden is a mix of ornamental and then herbs and – not heavy vegetables, you know. We don't have yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, we have we have tomatoes <laughs> and, and lettuce. Yeah, but and you also grow herbs and, and you donate yeah. them to what's right. the restaurant? Dos Urban Cantina. So uh, they just got rated one of the top fifty cool restaurants in Chicago. So I grow herbs and take every week. I take mm-hmm. them a bunch of herbs. It appears on their Instagram. They even have a dish called So and So with Joy's herbs on it. Aww. Wow! And they yeah. actually, I go in there and they you know feed me. <laughs> so really, really, really good food. And, you know, we kind of do an exchange for that. But they're wonderful. And they, I grow a lot of marigolds for them because it's a Mexican restaurant and they sprinkle this on all their um, dishes. So if you go onto their Instagram things, you can see all my herbs decorating yummy, yummy dishes. And the name of the restaurant again? Dos Urban Cantina. It's at Armitage in California. Okay. Uh, and it's not too far away, so it's not hard to schlep those over. Nope. Uh, and those are the herbs, and those are basically in containers, that, which is what mm-hmm. you guys do. You, you're you like all containers, uh, except for down on the, the lower level there. So what was uh, – we'll start over on the on the left side of the room uh, with Tori and Drew. What were the challenges of uh, 2019 and getting the garden going? Uh, let's see. 2019 uh... – for I I think it was a combination of the the cold wet spring yeah slowed everything down it made it a lot more complicated in getting some of those warm weather crops going we had you know fungal fungal problems earlier in the year mm-hmm. and then it sort of flipped and went incredibly hot and really dry for you know a solid two three weeks in a row and so then which is it, not really a long time but after you've had all that wet. Sometimes gardeners are not prepared for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were there were some of the extremes this summer that uh that made it a little bit challenging. Uh luckily I mean we we rolled with it pretty well. We didn't really have any, you know, major uh we had things that did better or worse than other things, but we didn't really have any major chaos. So what do you do in terms of your soil slash compost mixes? What are you using up there? Uh, so tell them about the dirt delivery. (laughs) So so it started with a, a dump truck of dirt in the back alley that we stayed up until one in the morning shoveling into bags. Oh my goodness. Uh, but a lot of it, I mean, I, well, the better that than um, okay. Speaking of clients and gardens, I had a client very early, I mean, 25 years ago, uh, and I made the mistake of dumping the compost on their lawn. Ooh. All right. Uh-oh. So that took care of, yeah. This is like, <laughs> that's how dumb I was at the time. And of course, you got to get that off quick or the lawn's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. That's that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were racing the rain, so we didn't want the uh, the mud. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoveling dirt is difficult, but shoveling mud <laughs> is in the alley. In the right. in the back alley. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so one of the the benefits of container gardening, though, is the fact that I can essentially create a different sort of, you know, micro zone for everything I'm planting. Sure. So for the roses, something, you know, richer and more water retentive. Uh, for the lavenders, work in a lot more grit, uh, something a lot more free draining and sort of Mediterranean in style and, and you know, everything in between. So I've, I've got uh, blueberries and lingonberries on the roof, really? which, are, wow. which require really ericaceous, really, really acidic soil. Yes. And so, you know, 
as opposed to everybody else who say, oh, you know, my blueberries never do anything. It's like our our blueberries are great. I, you know, I've got jars of lingonberry jam I'm making right now because who I was grows able to... lingonberries? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's really... Andersonville. We had to give a, yeah, a you nod have to, to have the... lingonberries in Andersonville. <laughs> exactly. You have yeah. to. <laughs> you know, and I always tell I go to garden talks and I tell people there's a secret uh, to growing blueberries in Illinois. Move to Michigan. <laughs> Get them at the farmer's market. And you know that because the soil's perfect over there for blueberries. Yeah, well, our family yeah. farm is in northern Michigan. And, you know, my grandpa was a famous, you know, hunter of blueberries just in the in the woods, yeah. would come back with, you know, dozens of pounds of wild blueberries. And isn't so, it weird how one side of the lake, it's it's clay and alkaline, and then right on the other side of the lake, it's acidic and and blueberry well, territory. Well, one of us had to get the nice side of the lake, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So are you growing full-size blueberries or are you doing the smaller? Uh, so I've got, uh, uh, yeah, they're they're basically, they're, they refer to as semi-high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're not the creeping style, but they're also not the the full the you know, really the high, bu- high bush high yeah. bush. What they they're, call they're they're not that high you'll bush. see over yeah. by Saugatuck, they're much right. Smaller. They're more yeah. of that wild style of low bush blueberry, but they're mm-hmm. just a little more standardized. Of I crop. would love to grow blueberries. First, I don't have enough sun, and and I'm not patient enough to mess with the soil and make sure that it's perfect. My my garden is I throw it in the ground. If it succeeds, great. If it doesn't, I'm putting something else in there and trying mm-hmm. something else. You yeah. know, to be honest, it's it's not at all like i i'll tell you the amount of times in my entire life i've done a ph test on my soil probably three and i think i did two of the three wrong and so (laughs) like realistically speaking with the blueberries that we've got you know the blueberries will tell you when they're not happy they get when their leaves start turning like yellow and almost like fall colors sure yes yes uh so why blueberries need acid soil is because they use iron to create chlorophyll and they can't take up iron if it's alkaline. And so if you start seeing mm-hmm. their chlorophyll failing, it's because they're not taking up enough iron because the soil isn't acid enough. Exactly. And so basically I would just, you know, if the blueberries look like they're pouting, I would throw some more flowers of sulfur on and some cottonseed meal and they, they you know, perk back up. All right. Hmm. Uh, Joy and Tom, what were your challenges this year? Uh, the same. Yeah. <laughs> it was the weather. But I was just thinking when you were talking about uh, your compost we have two compost bins going. We're very good at it. But I have to clean out the fish pond every week. And the fish put out a lot of extra fish. <laughs> so all you, you compost. Use that, you use yes. that word a lot. Uh, I, I hardly ever use it, though, so it's pretty funny. So all that goes directly into the compost bins. Right. So we have some really good soil just because of the production of the fish oh. and all that kind of stuff. Is, can't you – isn't there a, a way to make the, the pond sort of – you know, like uh, aquaponics. Uh, is there any way you can grow enough plants to mitigate the the waste products from the fish? Uh, yes and no, but I don't have enough room to do that. So you okay. need a bog. And I, since we're between two garages, we have very, very limited space. I tried to build a bog, but you need you need to live in the suburbs or have a big extra wide lot to do that. So it just goes into the compost bin. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about the art you put in your garden because you do – what kind of art do you I'm do? a stained glass artist. So we have little tchotchkes around the garden about that. I've made some windows that go in the garage. Um, I found some old pieces from Chicago buildings that were being thrown away there, there. Tom got a lot of things from his students as a retirement gift. So all kinds of interesting stuff. We found it. Like what did they give you, Tom? Well, um, just little, you know, just uh, over the years, not just as for retirement gifts, but like when we do shows, mm-hmm. they would tend to give you things. Mm-hmm. For the night, you know, the opening night of the yeah. show or something, and so a lot of that stuff. Like I have a um, a, a sundial that 
Sure. So one of the kids gave of me. Of course, and you stuff want a like sundial in the, in, in the garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of other stuff. But Flamingos. Um, yeah, cement well, flamingos. Yeah, cement. Those, that's those, the best those, thing about yeah. their flamingos. They're cement, yeah. fl- and they're not pink. Not yeah, pink. Those those are actually you know, from uh, my great aunt, ah. from her garden. I I so, like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we found because I like to grow tomatoes, but I hate tomato cages. We got some really cool rose arbors, and the tomatoes grow up the rose arbors. So we use that for our tomatoes and any climbing vegetables, so it doesn't look tacky. But uh, you didn't use the bed springs that one of the gardens no. <laughs> for no. their tomatoes. We I didn't mean, think of that. Yeah. So yeah. we, there were some very creative people and very creative gardens there. Hey, listen, you guys, thank you so much for coming down. Uh, Tori O'Hare, Drew Davis, Joy Miller, Tom Mitchell, congratulations on your awards. I hope you enter again next year. And I want to come and – I've seen your garden. I want to come and see yeah, yours. Yeah. Come on over. All right, we will. We'll be back with Rick DeMaio. Thank you. There are only a few weeks left to get to Rich's Fox Willow Pines in Woodstock and grab some rare and unique conifers before they go out of business. After 31 years, they're closing their doors at the end of this month, and plants that were 30 and 40% off are now 50% off the retail prices. This applies to container, B&B, and in-ground stock. The discount does not apply to any existing orders. Pines, spruces, firs, hemlocks, junipers, yews, and the deciduous larches, bald cypresses, and dawn redwoods are still available. So come out now to pick out your container or B&B trees. Call 815-338-7442 to schedule a time to tour the grounds to look for specimen trees. That's 815-338-7442. Don't miss this great opportunity to add some unique trees to your landscape projects. Go to richesfoxwillowpines.com for more information. Follow them on Facebook for updates. Again, that's richesfoxwillowpines.com. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. The Dave Ramsey Show. There's a few people that work harder than Dave Ramsey. I'm not mad at Beyonce, and I suspect most of y'all would rather look at her on a screen than me. Weekdays at 1 on Smart Talk. I put a spell on you. of the great songs of all time and uh this is the time of year to play that uh screaming jayhawk i was gonna say screaming yep yeah welcome back to the mike novak show with peggy malecki and and we go to screaming rick demayo on the phone how you doing screaming rick I, what was i what was i denoted as screaming i don't know it was just a segue that's all we were playing screaming oh, jay Haw- right. we, we were, were playing, playing screaming, screaming jay, jay hawkins, hawkins. 
Oh, there you go. Okay, now I got the. Uh, the he was refilling his coffee. I, yeah. Well, you know, some. It's, <laughs> the problem is not always the the songs we play here and the the effects don't always go out over the phone line, and that's and that's. The... No, no, I I I get it. Uh, no, I'm just sitting here on this um, chilly autumn day, having a typical Midwestern uh, autumn breakfast. I got my my steel cut oats, which I'm sure the oats came from somewhere in Nebraska. I got my. Um, Michigan apples, my Wisconsin cranberries. I'm sure the um, the cream also came from the state of Wisconsin, and uh, coffee. Well, that's from Indonesia, so. Um, uh, well, you didn't bring breakfast. Bit, you didn't bring breakfast over for us, though. No, no. I mean, one of these days you got a guy's going to invite me back, and I'll bring over the standard, you know, apple turnovers from Jewel. That'll be fine. Right? Hey, Rick, you have a standing invitation anytime. I you... had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it usually means you don't have to work so hard for another segment, right? I still have a tie, right? Exactly. We, we you know, any time you want to come out at ten thirty, then we get to sort of relax a little bit. There you, you go. Know? Uh, and by the way. What's that? You were speaking of Wisconsin, and I, I don't want to throw the conversation off or out of the gate, but <laughs> you got you guys have a really good football team this year. You know what? I mean, they 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 destroyed Michigan and they destroyed Michigan State, um, but Michigan didn't look good um, early in the season. They still don't. Michigan State no. looked great against Northwestern. Northwestern's not a good team, but Northwestern played Wisconsin really well, as they always do. So I think the jury is still up. The problem with the Badgers is their quarterback still looks like a deer in headlights when he has to throw on third and eight, and you have rushers coming from all sides. Yeah, but he doesn't have to do that very often. I understand that, but I, I you could get to. I think they'll get to like six or seven, and they'll stop. And then, <laughs> and then when they play Ohio State, reality will check in. Well, right? that's well, it's true. Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. really. There's and we no, won't talk Northwestern this yeah. year. So. And, and Michigan is the worst 4 and one team in the history of the Big Ten. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah they're really awful. All right. Yep. So here we are. You have your, your breakfast in cool weather. And it came, boy, it came charging in uh, it, within a cu- couple of hours, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the amazing thing about it is if you saw some of the stuff that I sent, regarding when the front come, came through parts of the Rocky Mountains. I mean, there were some places that had um, all-time record, you know, two-day temperature drops and 24-hour temperature drops. So the fact that it did what it did here, you know, wasn't surprising. The amazing thing about it, I shouldn't say the amazing thing, um, is that this is a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, I, I went back and I, and I tried to track whether or not there was some sort of a weak uh, tropical disturbance or remnants of an ex-typhoon that got caught up in the flow, um, and, and I couldn't find it. This was just a good old-fashioned wave of energy that was able to um, kind of destabilize and amplify the flow, and I think part of the reason why you had such a major change across much of the country was that we were really warm up until this point. Yeah. Um, so you have really, really warm weather, and then you have really, really cold weather, the, the, the changes tend to be drastic. But, again, you know, you're looking at Denver, Colorado, going from 83 on Wednesday to 9 on Thursday. I mean, that's <laughs> wow. just a, Yeah. Wow. I mean, and what was amazing was that none of the forecast models, 12 to 24 hours out, were handling how well the Arctic air was moving south. It was interesting because even Denver, which is a pretty, pretty good forecasting outfit out there, 
they had their record high shattered by 8 degrees, and they were forecasting first an overnight low of 17, then 15, and it went all the way down to 9. Um, so even even in the short term, we were, I think, about four or five hours you know, behind the depth of the cold air that came in. And then you have a blizzard across parts of North Dakota, which, believe it or not, is actually still somewhat beneficial. Why? Because the soil is still going to be able to top up a lot of this moisture. The bad thing, though... Um, is that as of the crop report from last Monday showed, only 48% of the field in Illinois, from a standpoint of corn, was actually harvested the week before it was five. I would not be surprised, Mike and Peg, if right up until about probably Thursday afternoon when the rain came in, the farmers were probably working 24 hours a day mm-hmm. trying to get that corn in. Otherwise, there were probably some, some areas of northwest Illinois, parts of Missouri, Iowa, and even, even areas of southwest Wisconsin that had uh, hard freezes. And again, a hard freeze is when you're 28 degrees um, or less for four straight hours. So we talked about this early in the year when you get a massive amount of rain and then you have to plant late. The one thing that you're worried about is whether or not you're going to get a freeze. And we got the freeze. And I'll tell you, I got a call last night, Rick, from Pat Scatch, uh, our our buddy. uh, And he's been keeping tabs all summer on his farmer friend in the Livingston, Kankakee area. Uh, and, right. and he says that his friend so far has had two, count them, two harvest days for soybean and corn, and it takes 45 days to harvest all 5,000 acres. And he can, Oh, well, yeah, he's got 5,000 acres, that's why. That's not yeah, and, <laughs> it's a, and that's, at 100, that's at 100 acres a day. So right now... He needs 43 days to complete the rest of the harvest. Do the math. All right, that takes yeah, you... Or, the... or, or, or put a help wanted ad for workers and combines to come help him out, right? Yeah, because that would put him into the middle of December, and as you and I both know, that's not going to work right now. No, no. Yeah, because what's also interesting about the Illinois Crop Weekly Progress Report is it also shows how many days that you have actually suitable for working in the field, and I think we were averaging about four to four and a half per week over the last month, and that was mainly due to the rain. So, again, we had rain early, we had rain late, and now the cold weather. It couldn't have been a more more you know detrimental set of circumstances for the Illinois farmers and also uh, those in the Midwest as well. Good news, though, we didn't get a freeze here. We got close, but we didn't get the freeze. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, and in, in, in my yard, I uh, got down to about 40. And I knew that when even when I was seeing right. all, uh, I'm in the city, I've got the heat island, and I knew, nah, it's not going to freeze in my backyard. Yeah, and I think more than anything, it wasn't so much the heat island that was probably part of it. It was just too windy, and then we had too much cloud cover. So when you have ah. winds and cloud mm-hmm. cover, you're not going to get all of those things that you need to get a freeze. But, Mike, I was seeing, and Peg as well, I was seeing temperatures in parts of the Texas and Oklahoma Panhandle, get down to like 18 to 19 degrees. I mean, they were breaking records by almost 10 to 12 degrees in some areas. Yikes. So again, this was a phenomenal area of cold weather uh, that is now pushed all the way down to the south. We'll warm up today slowly up to the low 50s. We'll probably be in the mid-50s tomorrow. Really nice-looking day on Monday, and then back to a wet pattern um, on Tuesday night into Wednesday. And all of the long-range forecasts show us getting much, much colder by the end of the month, and I actually sent out a couple of emails to my snow removal guys saying, guys, we need to talk and figure out a plan because I think we could see our first season or first snow of the season between the 25th and the 30th of October. No. Not November, October. 
Are you? All right. Wow. No, 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 no. All right. So that sounds. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks for the bad news. I was hoping to get in one more round of golf, but I don't think that's going to happen, is it? You could do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick, uh, I think you kind of gave us a forecast there. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Take care. All right. You too. Uh, I want to thank everybody on the show today. Of course, Melinda Myers, the wonderful Melinda Myers, Tori O'Hare, Drew Davis, Joy Miller, Tom Mitchell, Rick DeMaio, Andrew Marshall, Ellie Sanchez. Until next time, go green or go home. Alive. It's alive. Yes, it's over. It's alive. I slipped through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. <laughs>